Hello, thank you for listening to Devotions with Dana podcast today. And I wanted to start off with prayer. Today is July 30th, 2018. I can't believe it's July, the end of July, already going into August. It seems like the summer went by so quickly. And um, I just want to get ready to pray. First, I'm going to just pray for us to put our armor on for today. I know you might have prayed your personal devotions earlier, but I just wanted to um, record this for people who um, may have trouble finding quiet time or just need to pray with others um, through an online way. Heavenly Father, your warrior prepares for battle. Today, I claim victory over Satan by putting on the whole armor of God. I put on the girdle of truth. May I stand firm in the truth of your word, so I will not be a victim of Satan's lies. I put on the breastplate of righteousness. May I guard my heart from evil, so I will remain pure and holy, protected under the blood of Jesus Christ. I put on the shoes of peace. May I stand firm in the good news of the gospel, so your peace will shine through me and be a light to all I encounter. I take the shield of faith. May I be ready for Satan's fiery darts of doubt, denial, and deceit, so I will not be vulnerable to spiritual defeat. I put on the helmet of salvation. May I keep my mind focused on you, so Satan will not have a stronghold on my thoughts. I take the sword of the Spirit. May the two-edged sword of your word be ready in my hand, so I can expose the tempting words of Satan. By faith, your warrior has put on the whole armor of God. I am prepared to live this day in spiritual victory. Amen. And then I'm going to pray one more prayer before I get into the Proverbs for today. Heavenly Father, I thank you that in Jesus Christ we have hope. Thank you for the help you provide us each day, and you are indeed our strength and our provider. We call upon you in times of need, and you have never failed us. Indeed, you are a very present help in trouble, as it says in your word, Psalm 46.1. We are grateful that the circumstances in life provide an opportunity to know you more fully. Each situation presents an opportunity to find the power, provision, and protection that is only found in God. Help us to focus on your greatness and goodness so that we become more Christ-like every day. May our testimonies be a light in this world. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So today, since it's the 30th of July, I'm going to read Proverbs 30. And as I go along... Um, I have a study Bible here, so I'm going to um, stop and give you my study notes so it'll help you to retain what you're reading and to learn some things. And Proverbs 30 is talking about the pureness of God's word. And let us read God's word. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 1. The words of Agur, the son of Jake, even the prophecy, the man spake unto Ithiel, even unto Ithiel and Eucal. And it says here that Agur is the author of this chapter. And Ithiel and Eucal, the recipients are not known who they are. And these Proverbs, though written for specific individuals, have application for all people. And a prophecy that's mentioned in verse 30, I'm sorry, chapter 30, verse 1, is a message from God. Chapter 2. Surely I am more brutish than any man, and have not the understanding of a man. I have neither learned wisdom, nor have the knowledge of the holy. 
and it states here in my study notes about verses 2 and 3 some men claim to have a grasp on God what Job eventually came to realize in Job chapter 40 verse 4 Agar reverently states at the beginning I have no knowledge of the holy verse 4 who hath ascended up into heaven or descended who hath gathered the wind in his fists who hath bound the waters in a garment who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is his son's name, if thou canst tell? When it speaks here about the gathering wind and binding waters, that refers to God's control of thunderstorms, which are important for the agricultural cycle. Asking about God's name is asking whether the hearer knows his character. And his son could refer to Jesus because um, in Matthew chapter 2 verse 15 and in Luke 9 35 it states there that he fulfilled the role perfectly verse 5 every word of God is pure he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him verse 6 add thou not unto his words lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Verse 7, Two things have I required of thee, deny me them not before I die. 8, Remove far from me vanity and lies, give me neither poverty nor riches, feed me with food convenient for me. 9, Lest I be full and deny thee, and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal, and take the name of my God in vain. This is a prayer that's comparable to Jesus' model prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9, 9 to 13. Both these ask God's protection from temptation. Both ask for basic needs. Both are concerned with upholding God's honor, and the indulgent person may become a liar and a scorner. The destitute person may become a thief, and the thief profanes God by implying that God can't provide for them. I am thankful to um, share that a te partial testimony is that I used to steal um, and be a thief. And I realized how even owing debt is thievery if you create debts constantly that you cannot repay. It is wicked for a Christian to owe lots of debt. And so that is why, even though in my past, before I was following the Lord Jesus Christ, I was in a lot of debt. And now my consequences are for my sin that I have to pay back now the monies that I stole by ordering things that I couldn't pay for or thinking I'd be able to pay for it later and something would come up. Um, so I canceled my cable bill. Um I don't have that any longer, and so I no longer have anything in my home but internet. Um, I don't even, I very rarely watch regular TV, and I'm stating this because it enabled me, by canceling that, I was able to pay my tithes and start paying back my debts from when I used to be a thief and steal things um, and have debts um, or have bad credit and things. Uh, when I first got credit, I used it so unwisely because I was so young and, and it just ruined my credit for many years. And due to other circumstances in my life, I have a lot of debt 
from times that my family and I were homeless due to um, poor money management, domestic violence situations, and things like that. We were homeless throughout the years, and that incurred. And during that time, we incurred a lot of debt. I did as um, the head of my family, and I am systematically paying that off. And so I am just encouraging those that are listening that have debt to start off with what you can do. You know, if you have major debt, like one of my debt, debts that I have is $500 um, for something that I purchased for ministry reasons and then was unable to cover the fee. So what I did was I made arrangements with the owner of the company of the ministry and he was very pleased with my payment um, schedule that I set up. And so um, another thing that can trap you into having debt is rent to own places. They charge you a lot of money for things that you could purchase ordinarily if you can get it on layaway or put the money to the side if it's something you don't need right away because they charge you exorbitant fees and it's just hard to pay that off. So um, now I'm very careful with what I spend. Um, in verse 10, let's get back to the reading. Accuse not a servant unto his master, lest he curse thee, and thou be found guilty. Verse 11, there is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. Verse 12, there is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet is not washed from their filthiness. There is a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their eyelids are lifted up. There is a generation whose teeth are as swords, and their jaw teeth as knives, to devour the poor from off the earth, and the needy from among men. The horse leech hath two daughters, crying, Give, give. There are three things that are ne never satisfied, yea, four things say not, it is enough. And this generation is a group of people of a certain time with certain characteristics in common. Jesus condemned an evil generation of his day. And that's, um, look in your Bibles in Matthew chapter 11, verse 16. Matthew chapter 12, verse 39 and 45. You can write these down to check. Um, it's Matthew chapter 12, verses 39 and 45. Write these down to look over after the message for your further study and also look up Matthew chapter 17 verse 17 this can also be said about this generation because there are people that are pure in their own eyes but yet are not washed from their filthiness there is a generation and they are very lofty as um, I have spoken with other people the youth of today are very entitled they are very slothful and lazy which is similar to how I was as a youth in some aspects but there were some ways where my mom and didn't still work in me she forced me to do the chores that I should have willingly done in obedience to her and I look back at that and I was so wrong in that area and I'm so thankful for the Lord showing me these things now um, and in verse 16, the grave and the barren womb, the earth that is not filled with water, and the fire that saith not, it is enough. Verse 17, the eye that mocketh at his father and despises to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. Verse 18, there 
there be three things which are too wonderful for me, yea, for which I know not. 19. The way of an eagle is in the air, the way of a serpent upon a rock, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea, and the way of a man with a maid. Verse 20. Such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness. Okay, so in verses 18 to 20, it's talking about a man is a strong, virile man, and the maid is of marriageable age, presumably a virgin. And if Proverbs 30, 18 to 19 stands alone, the point might be that the progress of love is as marvelous and mysterious as the motion of the other three items. If verse 20 is connected to the saying, the interpretation is far different. The first three things leave no tracks. The man, like the adulterous woman who wipeth her mouth, thinks fornication with the young woman leaves no trace. The adulterous thinks sex is as casual and amoral as a meal. However, in the end, there are consequences. These things are too wonderful for Agar, but God knows. For three things... The earth is disquieted, and for four which it cannot bear. For a servant when he servant when he reigneth, and a fool when he is filled with meat. For an odious woman when she is married, and an handmaid that is heir to her mistress. This could be a commentary on the collapse of social order. The servant could be an official who sees the kingdom. On fool, there's um. Let's see here. There is a note for fool in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 7 in my Bible. And I'll share that with you one second while I turn to it. 17, 7. It states here, excellent speech becometh not a fool, much less do lying lips a prince. And in that verse 23, it talks about an odious woman. When she is married and in handmaid that is heir to her mistress, odious means hated. It may refer to a wicked woman who is rightly rejected. All these become destructive when they move into a position they should not be in. Verse 24 through 28 Breeds there be four things which are little upon the earth, but they are exceeding wise. The ants are a people, not strong, yet they prepare their meat in the summer. The conies are but a feeble folk, yet make their houses in the rocks. The locusts have no king, yet go they forth, all of them by bands. The spider taketh hold with her hands and is in king's palaces. A perceptive person can learn from observing God's creation. Each of these little animals overcomes potentially fatal limitations. Ants and conies are metaphorically called people as if they were a nationality. Ants show forethought. A cony is an herbivore the size of a rabbit that lives in herds in cavities among the rocks. Wise men also rely on the Lord as their rock of protection. Locusts have unity of purpose, maintaining ranks without infighting. The spider is vulnerable, yet it can be found in prominent places. Now let's go on to verse 29. There be three things which go well, yea, four are comely and going. A lion which is strongest among beasts and turneth not away for any. A greyhound and he goat also, and a king against whom there is no rising up. Verse 32. If thou hast done foolishly in lifting up thyself 
or thou hast thought evil, lay thine hand upon thy mouth. So the word comely is literally good. That's what that means. They excel in the quality of their stride. The lion is literally a hero. The greyhound is literally with girded moins. That is an animal that struts. Each of these is supreme in its realm. And where in verse 32 it talks about foolishly, it says put one's hand over one's mouth. That means to immediately stop speaking out of fear. Verse 33, surely the churning of milk bringeth forth butter and the wringing of the nose bringeth forth blood. So the forcing of wrath bringeth forth strife. Those words, churning, ringing, and forcing are all the same word in Hebrew, which has to do with force or press, pressure and twisting or ringing. The scheming social climber is cautioned that his maneuverings will inevitably, inevitably bring violence against him. So back to the talking about the pureness of God's word. There is much to study in here. And thankfully... There are cross-references in this Bible where I can go into other scripture to see how scripture matches scripture, how God repeats himself, as I stated yesterday in the Daily Devotional, that God stresses things and repeats things to us so that we can get it, so that we can listen and obey and heed his word. And that was Proverbs 30 with some study notes that were in my Bible as well. Next, I'm going to read to you a devotional, and I have to turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. One second while I turn there. Chapter 5, verse 9. Okay. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. So we need to know what makes a peacemaker. First, if you're going to be a peacemaker, you must be at peace with God. Colossians 1, 20, and I'll turn there next, and I'll give you a chance to turn there. Let's see here. One second, I dropped my book. Okay, here it is. Colossians 1. Twenty. All right, here it is. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. That verse tells us that Jesus, the Prince of Peace, has reconciled us to God through his death. He has made peace through the blood of his cross. You can be at peace with God when you come to him in poverty of spirit and accept the reconciling sacrifice of his son. Second, being a peacemaker means living in peace with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we'll go to Ephesians And that is chapter 4. Verse 
verse 1 through 3, I will read. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all loneliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 1 and 3 tells us very clearly that if we are to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, we must be diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. First Thessalonians 5.13 and we'll go there. 5.13 reads that. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. That um, it urges us to live in peace with one another. A third thing that makes you a peacemaker is having the ministry of reconciliation, bringing the good news, the gospel of peace to other people so they in turn might have peace with God. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse, let me see what verse I'm going to here, 18 through 20. One second while I get to it. Five. Here we go. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. You and I are not only to make peace among ourselves, we are to offer peace to those who are outside of Christ. And there is really only one way to do that. Introduce them to the Prince of Peace. Does your life reflect the characteristics of a peacemaker? That is the question I would like for you to ask yourself today. And then meditate on those verses from this daily devotional and then from the Proverbs study. And I pray that that will bless your day. And now I'm going to um, ask the Lord to um, lead us in prayer. Lead us in the way of peace, dear God, that our lives will clearly show our position as your children. We thank you that through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can live at peace with you. Help us to also live in peace with our brothers and sisters in Christ and show us how to share your peace with a world in need. And so then it'll be um, the name. We're going to end this with the name of the Lord, one of them. This is a book that I have called The Wonderful Names of Our Wonderful Lord. And I really love this book. And um, today's name is The Rock of My Salvation. The verse is 2 Samuel twenty two forty seven. The Lord liveth and blessed be my rock and exalted. Be the God of the rock of my salvation. 2 Samuel 22 verse 47. No greater danger threatens the believer than that of forgetting that he was redeemed. Forgetting even in the joy of real life what our salvation cost.
and what is the rock foundation of our faith. To meet this need, our Savior pictures himself not merely as the rock of ages and our strong rock of refuge, but the rock of our salvation. Here, in him and upon his merit and atoning grace, we were saved from among the lost. Let us glory in this precious name and never forget that he was wounded for our transgressions and that he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. Again, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen, and I pray that um, there will be a blessing to the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. And I pray that you will tune in tomorrow for another devotion for July 31st. And you have a blessed day. Praise the Lord.